Hello, hello, and welcome to Hauntings and Booze. This is our ninth episode. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. And I am Natalie. I'm with... Ari. Ari. And we are going to talk about the psychic. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to add some more to the, to the title probably once we post it. But for right now, we thought the most fitting name for this particular story was the psychic. And you'll see why. Um, and we're we're kind of going to go about this story a little differently, um, and we'll explain a little later, mm. but we're going to talk about this one. So, welcome, right. everyone. Welcome, welcome. Yes, and we're going to have a little drink here. Yes, yeah, so what is this refreshing cocktail so- that's <laughs> before me? So, this little masterpiece is a low-carb Moscow mule. Mm, that's a lot of words. The mule. Yeah, so it's basically a mule, but it's low-carb because we're on our little keto or slash low-carb kick. God, don't remind me. Yeah, but it's it's great. We feel good. We feel good. <laughs> and there's a little bit of vodka, a little bit of lime juice, um, this keto ginger syrup. It's actually pretty good. And diet ginger ale, fresh mint leaves that I've just like killed and stuck into this glass, and some ice. And it's actually pretty yummy. It's actually very refreshing. It is. And it's hit me already. So I like it. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> keto mule for the win. Keto mule. So yeah, so we're going to talk about the psychic. And um, Adi is going to talk about his experience with mm-hmm. what happened, and he'll take us through the little tale. So, floor is yours, bro. All right. So this happened to me when I was like 15 years old, mm-hmm. and it was in the apartment in Queens, New York, the one off Astoria Boulevard. Yeah, that great that neighborhood I lived was, in. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very safe area. Mm. <laughs> totally not. But anyway. So we were in your apartment in uh, your dining room. It was me, it was you, and two of my really good friends. Now... We were there because so many crazy shit would happen in that apartment. Yeah. And I tell my friends these stories and they would not believe me. They're like, you know, this is this is all bullshit. So I tell them, okay, my sister's having a psychic over. Why don't you guys come with us? And they decided to come. And I was so glad you guys came because I was shit scared. And yeah, I was I was not knowing. I was kind of like, what's going to happen when this guy gets here? So I was very glad that you guys were there. Yeah. So thank you. I don't know how, is that like a normal thing to call over a psychic? People often do that. You know, um, my, the way I called him was through a person that I worked with. Yeah. Who was my manager at the time when I was at a particular funeral home I was at. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting sleep. And I was going to work. I was exhausted and people could see my face. Like I was not getting any freaking sleep. So he was like, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? You know? Um, and I was like, I feel like an idiot telling you, but I just decided to tell him for whatever reason. I was like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm in this apartment. I had been there for about like six, seven months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, crazy shit is happening in this apartment. And the thing is, you know, again, I didn't really talk to people about it at work, but I told him everything that was pretty much going on. And he was like, this is, this is great. He's like, I've got just a person to help you. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, and mind you, this guy was a funeral director as well. He was also my manager. He goes, I have a brother-in-law who is a funeral director, but he's also a psychic. Wow. And I'm looking at him like, get the hell out of here. He's also a funeral director? Yes. And he was also a funeral director. Wow. So I'm like, okay, bullshit. Like, I'm just, I was always a skeptic when it came to psychics who can, you know, speak to spirits or... So, but I was so desperate at this point. I was like, okay. So he goes, listen, let me call him. I'm going to put him on speaker, talk to him a little bit. 
And if you'll feel, if you feel comfortable, I bet he'll come over to your house. And I was like, and this guy, by the way, lived, he was in Suffolk County in New York. So he mm-hmm. was like was two hours away. Yeah. Um, and I was like, sure, call him. And in my head, I'm like, this is ridiculous. So he calls the guy up and, um, you know, I tell him a little bit of, I was about to rather tell him what was going on. And he's like, do me a favor. Don't tell me anything. I was like, okay. And he goes, um, and he, he said to me, I see someone very close to you. And he goes, it's your grandfather who's passed on. And he sat in a chair that he really liked, but he, I see him on a balcony outside. And he goes, he's sitting on this dark brown chair with little flowers in it. And he's on a balcony outside and he used to have a TV and he'd watch television outside in the balcony in the summer. Wow. And I was like, Holy crap, because that's something no one at work knew. That was our grandfather, Ari, who you're named after, Aristides. this was over the phone. This was over the freaking (laughs) phone. And I'm like, holy shit. So he's, you know, telling me about my grandfather and my grandfather saying hello. And I was like, this, it just like, I was a believer. I was like, okay, how did this guy have this information? I didn't say anything at all. My manager had no clue. And he was telling me that um, Papu, which is grandpa in Greek, was saying hello to me. Yeah. And he was describing what he liked to do, his favorite, which is he'd love to watch soccer uh, on the porch with a TV outside. That was his thing. That's his thing, yeah. And if you remember, and I'm not sure if you recall, you were a little younger, when grandpa died in Greece, I was actually um, in, again, in Queens, in Astoria. And um, I, was go- I was driving by a, a corner on Steinway Street. It's this long street in Astoria. And I saw this older man at the corner and then when I slow down I was at a traffic light he turns around and he was tall because our grandfather was actually he was like the tallest in the family yeah. I don't know what the hell happened to us yes. we didn't get any of the damn height Unfortunately. so so he turns around and um he looks at me he nods at me and it picks up his hat he always had this suit jacket on yeah, and his hat that. with a feather in it mm-hmm. and he picked it up he nodded at me and then he's gone And I remember driving home. I was like, what the hell? I drive home and dad was at the front sitting on the stoop. Mm -hmm. And I walk up and I was like, Papu died, right? And he's like, how the hell did you know? And that's how I knew because I knew that was his spirit saying goodbye. So anyway, so um, back to the psychic. So that was pretty much what had happened, that conversation. I was convinced and I said, yes, please. Can you come over? It would be amazing if you could come over because i i need this apartment to be back to normal again i don't know what to do to get these things out of here yeah so that's what happened remember any of that yeah actually i don't think you ever told me where where you met this guy that's how i found him that's how i found him so okay that's that's a well now you know that's crazy he didn't just knew from the start i didn't just find him on the street i wasn't like hey come in (laughs) (laughs) no he he was legit i mean yeah so so back to the story yes he comes in, he busts down the door, he comes strapped with crosses and holy water. <laughs> no, no. No, he did not. No, he didn't. <laughs> it's like, I'm here. <laughs> so this guy comes in, the mood changed a little bit because he was a, a little more on the serious side. Yeah. And uh, he sat down at the table with us and we had small talk, mm-hmm. getting to know each other a little bit. And then um, we all got up and went to the, the was it the dining, the living room, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we were all sitting in the living room, and he brought a little goodie bag with him. Yeah, right? a little satchel, right? <laughs> yeah. <All> this. <laughs> he whipped out, uh, was it the Holy Bible, three feathers, and like a, a bushel of sage. And a candle. Oh, and he had a little white candle, too. A white too. candle, yep. yeah, I almost forgot that. And um, 
did he ever describe it? Like, well, but I mean, the Bible, obviously, in the Bible, the three feathers. They were from, I, and honestly, I don't remember. I remember he named what kind of feathers they were from what species of bird. Yeah. I cannot remember. I don't want to sit here saying eagle and vulture because <laughs> I just don't remember. <laughs> Flamingo at the zoo. I don't know. I can't remember, but it was three feathers. Yeah. And um, and it had something to do with the connection to the sage. So mm. I, I don't remember the whole thing, but. Yeah. And I actually remember him saying that the sage was from Israel. I don't know why he made a point to that. Yes, but... he did say that. Yeah, so uh, he takes out all the stuff. He's explaining to what's happening, and then he lit the sage. Right. And the sage obviously smelled good. It was smoking up, and he walked around the house. Mm-hmm. He went to the kitchen, the living room, dining room, bedrooms, everywhere, just circled with the sage. And then he came back into the living room where we all were. So from there, he explained what he was going to do. And uh, one by one, he wanted us to get up and stand before him, and he'd burn the sage behind us and um i remember there was also what do you say it was a protection it was this the circle of protection and yeah he called it something else too um shoot i can't remember but it was like the circle of protection and it was supposed to basically in enclose us in a protective circle so nothing can come in while right. he's performing this particular he said it was a prayer and a ritual okay, yeah so um that's pretty much what he was doing trying to just encapsulate us in this circle of protection right so he started burning the sage and um we were standing he was behind us burning the sage in like a left to right pattern behind our lower backs and for everyone the the smoke was rising vertically just straight up like smoke normally rises but uh when you went to do it because obviously it's you right he burned the sage (laughs) and uh the fucking smoke parted like, I'm getting chills talking about it because yeah. I remember it. The smoke parted around you and shoulder width. And then it almost seemed like a silhouette of a person as it went further up. Right. Which was, it was crazy. And then after that, um, he said, you have an attachment. Right. He said it to us. There's, you, there's, there's some kind of attachment that's, uh, I don't actually remember if he gave too much details. I think he said it was from someone um, that you recently knew. Right. And um, then you spoke about with him, but I don't remember. Yeah, it was. So basically what he was saying, um, like Ari just said, there was an attachment. Um, and he's and he, I remember him saying, I can I can see his shoulders or something like that. And um, and I remember feeling really strange when he was doing this. Like I felt almost like somebody was leaning on my back. That's the best way. Like, you know, when you're Mm, back to back with mm -hmm. somebody being silly, but not being silly. It was just like I could feel a heaviness behind me. Um, And again, I had a a friend, a very, very dear friend uh, who died in the World Trade Center. Right. And that was in 2001. And this was literally like eight months later. Um, So he thought that that was who this person was. Right. So, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember it. And, and again, we were very close. Um, you know, it was tragic, tragic death, young guy. And he said, that's who that is. Mm. So it was, it was crazy. It was so crazy. But he wasn't malicious. It was just, he was there. He was yeah. attached to me for whatever reason at that point. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's intense. Um, it was intense. What else was crazy? Even, I mean, this whole fucking story is crazy, yeah. honestly. But um, my, one of my friends was Chinese. And uh, he said, your grandmother says hi, 
And then he said something in Chinese while imitating an action she did. Mm-hmm. Like she, he bent kind of forward and like waved his finger like a, an old lady yelling. Like a, yeah. And um, he said it in broken Chinese, obviously. Right. But my friend understood it and he turned pale and he started tearing. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. I remember his face. Holy like crap. he was quiet the rest of the night because he really believed it. And then one of my other friends, <laughs> he said uh, the same thing with the grandmother. Your grandmother says hi. And but um, that friend didn't really want to know more about it. So he said right. he was already freaked out by it. And he named her name. He actually <laughs> yes, named he, he, the grandmother's name. Yes, both of them. Right. And the fact that he spoke Chinese, I don't care if it yeah. was broken. Yeah. The fact that it was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. That's but it insane. Was something it wasn't like random fucking mm-hmm. Chinese words. It was a nickname she used to call something him, between right? them that only they would know and their family would know. Right. So yeah, it, that was something else to experience. And yeah, my friends weren't skeptics. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> Either was I, because you know, even like like I said on the phone, he gave me all that info about yeah. you know grandpa. But it's like when I saw him there and like the stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff you're going to talk about, yeah. I was like, this guy's legit. Yeah, I've always been skeptical of psychics because you go seeking out a psychic when you're in need. Right. And you're easily manipulated. They, they could say things you want to hear, especially if it's like the afterlife and stuff. So I'm always skeptical about it. Right. But this guy was, holy shit. He was. And and the other thing, too, because when we spoke on the phone, um, he's like, I'm not going to charge you. He's like, you know, you're, you're friends with, uh, you know, the guy that I worked with. I don't want to name names. He's like... I'm not going to charge you anything. I was like, at least let me pay your gas, you know? And he's yeah. like, he didn't take a penny from me, mind you. <laughs> he did not take a damn dollar from me to come over and do what he did. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, um, after that ordeal, he, he's, he actually asked me, like, um, where, where do you feel, like, the most presence? Where do you feel the most activity in this house? And I told him, you know, actually, this is one of the only apartments that you've had that I've spent very little time in because every time I was in it, all this crazy shit would happen, especially in the kitchen with lights flickering, fucking fridge moving, and the drawers opening and closing and slamming. They're not just closing, slamming shut. Yeah. So I I think I spent a handful of times there. And uh, so I told him, yeah, the kitchen. And then he asked you, where do you experience the most? He said the kitchen and also the bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't, obviously, I haven't experienced anything on that side. But um, so we go into the kitchen and he's like, hmm, I know what the issue is. I, I see what's going on. And we're just looking at I each other that. like, what is he <laughs> talking about? Tell us then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enlighten us, please. <laughs> yes, we're like, okay. He's like, ding, 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 ding. So he goes, there's a, was a oh, he said there's a witch. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, She's actually in this room right now with us. Yeah. And I remember being freaking spooked that out like crazy. That was insanely But creepy. he said she's on top of the fridge kneeling down. Right. And, and looking at us. And the fucking fridge was shaking. Right. It was fucking oh crazy. Oh my God. I'm getting... <laughs> I know. I'm getting the chills too. I'm like, oh my. It's like so, so creepy just talking about it. Yeah. It's so surreal. So he, he goes, yeah, he knows what the issue is and uh, what to do about it. And she's angry for whatever reason it was that he knew he didn't disclose at the time no he didn't and um so he goes to you where is your uh, largest closet so you go okay follow me i'll take you to the closet and you go to the bedroom and you open the closet up he's looking at it he's like do you have another big space another closet 
and you're thinking like, like you know, I, um, yeah, I have a storage space, and it was the one in the dining room. Yeah, because when you said closet, I'm picturing yeah, closet with closet. clothes, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was pretty big, you know. And yeah. mind you, guys, this was a studio, like a long railroad studio apartment. Yeah. So just to, so it was like a studio apartment, everything, and it, it was like it had its separate rooms. But it was like one long space and it was a pretty nice size. So, yeah, no, it yeah. was a good space. Yeah. Hence why I lived in the freaking haunted apartment and it was good rent back at the <laughs> time. So, for that rent, yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, so he's like, this, this one isn't it. Um, where's you have another one? Right. So then it hits you that it's not really a closet, it's more like a, a little cubby, like a storage space, yeah. but it was, it was pretty big. It was. And uh, it did ha- I think it had a sliding door. It had a sliding door. It was yeah. like one of those wicker with a little like slits. Yeah. And yeah. you can slide it. Mm-hmm. So it was that. But it was pretty big. It was yeah. a good size. So we opened that up and uh, he went in for a moment and he's uh, feeling around the wall. Yeah. Like he starts feeling around the wall like a weirdo. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I was like, the sheet rock's okay, right? Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Here for an inspection. And uh, he starts knocking on the wall like, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he, he stops at one area and he actually removes a part of the wall yeah and be- behind that part was a little just a little like square space it wasn't that big but what he pulled out of that square space he pulled out an urn with somebody's ashes in it <laughs> yep he sure did <laughs> and, and this is not even slightly exaggerated this not is, at all it's, yeah it was unreal yeah it's, it's even now it's like hard to talk about because it was so fucking crazy at it that was. time it was so he pulls out the urn and he's like this is why um the spirit some spirits are not at peace and he said after i take this I'll help her pass over because she's right. not at peace right now. She's tormented or something, something along yes. those lines. And he said, when I take her out of here, you'll never experience anything with her again. I promise you. So we're like, I still got the chills. I'm like, I know. Oof. So we picked our jaws up off the ground <laughs> yeah. and uh, we followed him. Uh, we walked towards the kitchen again and it was just the three of us in the right. kitchen. And he said, um, I know that, you guys can sense things. Mm-hmm. He, he called it um, a third eye. Right. He said, I know you guys have a third eye. And if you want to develop this third eye more, I can help you. And Oops, we got dogs living in the house. It's oh. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, he, yeah, the third eye he can help us with. And after he said that, it was like, no, I'm good. I don't want. <laughs> no, keep the third eye to yeah, yourself. Already, I'll keep my I've two eyes. Seen and heard, and uh, yeah. it's enough for me. So I walked out, and then he sat with you there, and well, stood there with you and talking. What did he talk to you about? Yeah, so it was basically again uh, what you had mentioned: the third eye, and that we have the gift to see these things. Um, and what he was saying, there was actually like I guess a psychic academy at the time. I don't know if it's still there. I honestly haven't even looked it's into X-Men. it. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but it was like some kind of an academy. It was like a 10 week program and they they teach you different techniques of how to handle these situations, the different types of levels and spirits and just all these different things. Um, so I was like, and honestly, I was interested. I was like, you know what? I see these things so often. Why shouldn't I hone in on it and learn how to actually make them a part of my life without feeling this way? 
you know, because maybe I could have handled this this lady or whatever yeah. she was. Um, and then I was like, I don't know why I held back. I was like, if if I want to go through with it, I'll reach out to you and I'll let you know. And we kind of left it there. And he wasn't pushy about it. He was just like, hey, you know, you guys have a gift. Utilize it, you yeah. know. Um, and he was saying that most people are open to these things. They just don't, for whatever reason, it just never happens. And others do, which he kept calling the third eye. Not as receptive. To it. Exactly. Um, but I was like, no, I'll pass for now. But same as you. I was like, if in the future I think about delving in some more, I'll let you know. But yeah. I, I never I never reached out again. You know. Yeah, I thought about it like afterwards. I was like, right. hey, it'd kind of be cool. But then I thought about all the shit I already experienced. And yeah. I was like... Maybe not. Yeah, because he did say other doorways will open. Yeah. And I'm like, enough doorways are open for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. I How many more things am I going to see? <laughs> no, it's okay. Because that apartment was pretty terrifying. And mind you, I lived alone. Yeah. It was like my first, you know, big girl apartment on my own. So um, that was freaking terrifying. I can't tell you the amount of times I left that place at like one or two in the morning just driving to like Maria or sister's house yeah. or... And I remember running because oh at the time we lived pretty close. We lived a few blocks away yep. actually. And yeah. I remember one night you called crying and a, I literally, yeah. we literally ran to the apartment. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. But um, yeah, so uh, Captain Psychic, uh, <laughs> he took the urns with him. He left. He was very nice and he was amazing. I have no words how incredible he was and how incredible that experience was because was. not many people could have firsthand see something like that. No, no. And your friends, I mean, they and, and one of them you still talk with. Yeah. And he's, you know, he he knows he saw it. You know, yeah, he, he was there. He what? called it disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> called <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> yes. Welcome. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the psychic. The psychic, the medium, the attachment. There's, I don't know what we're going to name this. Yeah, I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna add some some things to it. And um, gosh, there was one more thing I wanted to add about this particular situation. But like I said, um, it started months and months ago when I had moved in. Literally, like, and the reason why did I live in this particular apartment? So um, it was you know after college and everything like that. So I was on my own. And um, when I was in this apartment, I, I had gone to look at a lot of apartments and Queens. A story at the time for like a one bedroom. You know, it was like 1800, uh, even yeah. 2000. I mean, it's steep yeah. for back then, but that's what they were going for, especially ones that were nice areas and everything, um, parking space, all that kind of mm -hmm. thing. This particular one was in Astoria slash Long Island City. So it was like right on the border. And it was a pretty bad area. Yeah, it, wasn't um, the greatest. it was not the greatest. But, you know, the rent was like $1,500 and the landlady included every single utility. Hmm. It was on the second floor. And I was like, hell, sold, you yeah, know. Yeah, and this yeah. was on the phone because I'd seen it, imagine, back then in the freaking newspaper is where I found it. <laughs> God, I'm old. I'm like a freaking <laughs> keeper. So I saw it in the newspaper. So I called this lady and she, she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, do you want to see it? I was like, hell, I'll just take it. You know, I know I'm going to want it. And in my head, I'm like, maybe I should see it. Yeah. So I actually made an appointment with her. And I remember I went to see the apartment and I'm like, oh, this is a pretty bad area, but whatever, you know, so um, I go to the apartment, I go upstairs and she takes me into the apartment. And again, it was a long railroad studio, but with very spacious rooms, cathedral ceilings. Mm -hmm. It was big. And I remember seeing the carpet and there's this huge splotch of and it looked like like leftover vomit that had never been cleaned properly. It was disgusting. Oof. 
And, you know, mind you, the stuff I've seen in my career, I knew that was some kind of bodily fluid. Yeah, so I'm disgusting. looking at it and she looks at me and she's like, well, and I said, and she goes to me, my mother lived here and this was her apartment. I'm like, her freaking mother lived there, you know, because this lady lived in Westchester. Yeah. So she was like probably a good 45 minutes away. So her elderly mother, who was very ill, dying of cancer, spent her last days living in that apartment. Mm. And of course, it was a nurse. You know, she wanted to make sure I knew she was well taken care of. Yeah. So anyway, um, what I had noticed, though, was the splatter of vomit on the floor. <laughs> and by the way, I had to change the carpet myself. She wasn't going to do it, which whatever, slumlord, it's okay. <laughs> and on top of that, I noticed there were crosses all over the apartment. Sure. She and and crosses especially because I was looking at the closets and stuff. I was like, I'm here. I might as well check out the you know storage. And when I opened the closet that that psychic had gone to, where he found the urn, yeah, that was loaded. When I tell you, probably forty to fifty crosses, easy. Which was hanging on the wall. In the hanging ground. on the wall in the closet. And that didn't raise any red flags. No, I was like, oh, she was religious. <laughs> fifty crosses. <laughs> She was a religious little old Greek lady that happened to be a Greek family, which is, you know. So um, so she had crosses there. She had crosses in the bedroom. She had crosses over the kitchen archway. I mean, and, and you know, I remember um, she said, oh, she used to go to this church, which was a church not too far from there, St. Mm -hmm. Marcella's mm -hmm. in Astoria. So she's like, oh, I was like, okay. So she's in my head. I'm like, all right, she's super religious. Lots of crosses, but, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. And now we know why. That poor woman was probably terrorized. Uh -huh. The whole time she was literally dying in that freaking apartment. Yeah, that's... Imagine. She, she literally died in terror. Died in terror. <laughs> I don't know if it's the cancer that killed her or just fright, but whatever. It was it was horrible. So I will get into the stories of how it started and the stuff that started happening. Um, but, you know, these were not just spirits that showed up. They were like violent, aggressive, pissed off spirits. Yeah. So um, very, very different experience from other things we've experienced. So in the past, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't experience that. I'm glad you didn't either. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I was there less than a year and then I ended up moving. But um, yeah, shortly after the psychic came, I was not there much longer. So yeah, but we'll get into all the stuff at another time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so thanks for taking us down memory lane to talk about the psychic. Anytime. That yeah. was a crazy experience. It was, it was. So anyhow, 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 yeah, this drink's hitting me. So the next episode will be coming your way next week. Yeah. And again, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, oh. we didn't address it. What? Um, this week we were supposed to do our, our mudders episode. Our mudder. Oh, yes, our mudder. <laughs> we're going to talk about, you know what, we'll do mudder next week. Yeah. And then we'll go back to this one the following week. We yeah. don't know, guys. We'll see what we feel like talking to you about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just <laughs> Change it on the fly. It's okay. Change it on the fly. Yeah. So we'll we'll have mother's story. Yeah. Mummy's story. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Or might maybe part two of this. We don't know. You're gonna have to listen to find out. So so again, next episode we'll do it next week. Um, and again, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Email us at huntingsandbooze at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. So toodles to all our to all of our wonderful <laughs> listeners and have an amazing day or night and don't forget you may think you're alone but, but you, you never, never really are, are. and psychic bye <laughs> <laughs>